With week six in the books, let's talk about the waiver wire pickups for week seven. Let's start it off with some 49ers running backs. First up, Jordan Mason. Jordan Mason stepped in for an injured Christian McCaffrey yesterday and had five rushes for 27 yards and a touchdown. And he looked pretty good, just like he always does when he's given the opportunity. For his career, he averages 5.9 yards per carry. And last year, he was fifth in the league in yards after contact per attempt with 3.1. So he's very capable. He's also very big. He's 5'11", 223 pounds. And in my opinion, he's a better fit than Eli Mitchell is for Kyle Shanahan's zone running scheme. He's a bruiser that's going to get downhill fast. He's very decisive. And I think he should be the guy that gets the first crack at the RB1 spot should McCaffrey miss time. Up until now, McCaffrey has dominated this backfield, averaging about 81% of the snaps per game. And I can see Mason getting close to that 60 mark. The 49ers lead the league in rushing play percentage at around 53%. And I don't see them changing their formula anytime soon. Mason is a guy you definitely want to target this week, and even if McCaffrey is able to give it a go, I have to think that this was kind of an eye-opener for the 49ers, and they're going to try to scale back his workload a little bit moving forward. Moving on to the other running back in San Francisco, Eli Mitchell. Eli Mitchell is always tough to assess. When he's on the field, he's great, but that is the problem. He's rarely on the field. Since his impressive rookie year, he's been pretty banged up, and even that year, he was only able to play 11 games. And he was very productive when he was on the field. He had 1,100 total scrimmage yards. He also had six touchdowns. And he looked like the running back of the future. But last year, he was only able to play five games. And he's already missed three games this year with a knee injury. At 5'10", 200 pounds, he's a little undersized for an offense that demands so much out of the running back. And I think if Mitchell wants to remind people of what he's capable of, this is probably his best shot. He was the RB20 in terms of average points scored per game in PPR leagues during his rookie year with 13.8. So he's definitely productive like I mentioned when he's on the field. And the only difference this time is he may not be the lead back. The 49ers also have Ty Davis Price. So this is going to get a little muddied potentially. If I were to guess, I would think Mason's going to get the first crack at it. And I would think that Mitchell's probably next in line. Mostly because Mitchell's coming off of a knee injury. And even yesterday, he had two carries for negative three yards. So he's still not all the way back. He's still worth picking up. He's only 25 and in year three. And with how the 49ers turn over running backs, it may just be one play before he gets another crack at the starting job. At this point, he's almost more of a stash. But if you're not able to nab Mason, you should definitely think about grabbing Mitchell. Next up, Craig Reynolds. David Montgomery went down with the ribs injury yesterday. X-rays came back negative, but they're still doing an MRI to see the severity of the injury. If he's forced to miss time, then Reynolds could step into the starting role. The Lions are already without Jameer Gibbs, who's nursing a hamstring injury and missed the last two games. And if Montgomery can't give it a go this week against Baltimore, Reynolds may be the only healthy guy in this backfield. Yesterday, he had 12 touches for a total of 43 scrimmage yards and looked okay. For his career, he averages 4.1 yards per carry, and he's a proficient receiver, but he's not going to do anything that jumps off of the page. If he does get the starting nod, he's probably a volume-based, low-end RB2 slash high-end RB3. He's definitely worth picking up, and I would keep him on your bench beyond this week as well, just because of the uncertainty around the Detroit backfield. Next up, Zach Evans. Kyron Williams also went down with an ankle injury yesterday. He was able to finish the game and had a really good game, actually, but he had an MRI today, and it confirmed that he is going to at least miss one week, which means Zach Evans should get the starting nod. Ronnie Rivers would get the starting nod, but he actually hurt his PCL yesterday, and he's probably going to miss some time as well. So the rookie's going to get his chance. For his career in college, 
He's averaged about seven yards per carry. He split his college career between Old Miss and TCU. He dealt with some injury issues, but he was pretty productive when he was on the field. The only problem for him is that the Rams don't really run the ball all that much. The Rams are 28th in the league in terms of rushing play percentage at less than 39%. And I would think without Williams in the lineup, they're probably going to rely on the pass even more. Plus, they can afford to. They have Puka Nakua and they still have Cooper Cup and Tutu Atwell's also emerged. So they have every reason to keep the ball in the air. I would think Evans is definitely going to get some work, but at best, I think he'll be an RB3. Next up, Latavius Murray. Before anything, I just want to say I hope Damian Harris has a quick recovery and that his neck injury wasn't as serious as it looked. Once Harris went down, Murray stepped up even more. He had 12 carries for 45 yards, and he's basically been the number two running back in this backfield all year. He's had the second most amount of snaps behind James Cook, and he's actually been better in the red zone. I can see his red zone role increasing even more, and he'll probably get even more touches. Even yesterday, he and Cook both played the exact same amount of snaps. So I think the Bills definitely see something in Murray, and Murray has been really productive wherever he's gone. He's a capable pass catcher, he's definitely a big back at 6'3", and can get in between the tackles, but wherever he goes, he just finds ways to score touchdowns and stay productive for a guy his age. He's definitely worth the pickup everywhere, but he's a much better pickup in standard leagues in my opinion, just because he's more of a red zone specialist at this stage of his career, but he's still going to get work regardless and definitely warrants a pickup. Next up, Savan Ahmed. Savan Ahmed basically was the number two running back yesterday because Jeff Wilson Jr. was not activated off IR. He is expected to be activated this week, and once he is, I have to think that he's going to be the guy backing up Raheem Mostert. But Ahmed looked pretty good yesterday. He had nine touches for 34 yards and a touchdown, and he pretty much did mop-up duty. I think he's worth a pickup just because we've seen Miami produce more than one capable running back in this offense, and Jeff Wilson may or may not be back up to speed. He's coming off a rib slash finger injury, and it's been a while since he's played, so they may ease him back into things. And this week, they play a really stout Philly defense, so... May not be the best week to plug and play Ahmed or Wilson, but I think both of them are worth the pickup if they're available in your league. Wilson's already kind of picked up in most places, but I think Ahmed's really worth picking up until Devon Achan comes back. He's guaranteed to get some work, maybe in that 6-8 to eight touch range, but if Wilson misses any time, or if Ahmed finds a way to separate himself from the group, then he could be backing up Mostert in the future. Next up, Tyler Conklin. Conklin's rostered in about 13% of leagues, and he's been the clear number one tight end in New York this year. Now that doesn't mean very much in most leagues, but in a position that's very, very thin, it's definitely worth picking him up. He's had about 5.2 targets per game since week two, and since week two, he's actually been the tight end 13 in PPR leagues. He's averaging about 73% of the snaps per game, and I think at this point, he's worth a pickup simply for the fact that he's been Zach Wilson's safety valve. Also, Garrett Wilson seems to be nursing a lower leg injury and had x-rays after the game. Coach Robert Sala came out and said it's nothing serious, but... I would still err on the side of caution and keep a close eye on that practice report. If he's forced to miss any time, Conklin would definitely see a boost in his workload. Last on my list is Michael Mayer. Michael Mayer is pretty much available everywhere, but I don't think that's going to be the case for very long. Yesterday, he had five catches on six targets for 75 yards. And every single week for the past five weeks, he's seen his snap share tick up. Especially over the last two weeks. He played over 60% of the snaps last week. And yesterday he played 81% of the snaps. It definitely seems like Coach Josh McDaniels is making a concerted effort to get the tight ends involved. And believe it or not, he's actually played ahead of Austin Hooper all year round. This is actually not that surprising considering he was a second round pick out of Notre Dame. And he was actually the leader in receptions all time at tight end for Notre Dame when he left. 
So he's definitely talented. The only tight end to be drafted before him was Dalton Kincaid. There was an argument he should have been taken in the first round. So Mayer is definitely full of talent. I think his role is only going to grow in this offense as the year goes on. And you definitely want to pick him up now before people take notice. Those are my waiver wire pickups for week seven. Thank you so much for watching. Please subscribe and let me know your thoughts on week seven in the comments below.